Today, with match week six in the books, we recap the massive title contender clash between City and Chelsea, United being stunned at home by Villa, the 3-3 thriller between Brentford and Liverpool, and the North London Derby. We will cover all this and preview the upcoming match week on this episode of the Premiership Prusel Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week. Louis Vargas Army! Louis Vargas Army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Drama from day one! This is the league we want to watch! Right into it. Right into it. Right We're back into again it. for another week. <sighs> Already six. Six in. Six in. Six thirty-six. Six thirty-eighths of the way through the season. Yep. Absolutely. We've had some big ones, but some potentially bangers in this. Some potentially match week. Yeah, some of the biggest games of the week right here, or of the season, maybe even. Yeah. In this week, yeah. we'll start off with the first one. It was the biggest one of them all, Chelsea, Man City. This one, off the bat, um, you know, looking at the lineups, it wasn't too yes. um, crazy. I thought maybe Werner being in there for Chelsea. Yeah, um, that was a little surprising to me. Yeah, well. yeah, no, no Silva just started. No, they're kind of trying to rotate the squad to get him in. But the lineup officially was Mendy, Rudiger, Christensen, Espelicueta, Alonso, Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic, Reese James, Lukaku, Timo Werner. As far as City's concerned, it was Aderson, uh, Walker, Diaz, Laporte, Concello, De Bruyne, Rodri, Silva, with Grealish, Foden, and Jesus. Scary lineup. It truly is. Jackie it's, Grealish, Kevin De Bruyne. It's, there's a playmaking all over. Yeah. All over in this one. With that said, there wasn't a ton of playmaking in the first half. Yeah. It was kind of just City locking up Chelsea. I making... don't know if there was actually like any shots, maybe one or two. There's a couple. But nothing like a, a, a real clear-cut chance. No, not even really a half chance. Yeah. And I mean, City came out and they were like really high energy. Yeah. Just they were really, buzzing. really pushing the tempo. They were... Pressing very high up the pitch the second they lost the ball. And it just seemed like Chelsea was getting a little overwhelmed. This, Didn't have much going This is a performance of a team that lost the Champions League final to the other team. And going back to last year, City losing to Chelsea as well um, near the end of the year. City had to come out with a statement, I'd have to say. And they sure did this uh, opening half. They just... They limited Chelsea to everything. I mean, even if Chelsea did have 
what, what one or two shots. I mean, they're just long shots, and even that goes in the second half too. They just really did not let them uh, do much. They kind of forced Chelsea to go up the right side. That's pretty much all they were doing, but it wasn't doing much for them. Yeah, they were pretty successful not allowing Chelsea to play anything through the midfield pretty much, and they had to go long a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was just down to the center back pairing of Man City just completely neutralizing Timo Werner and Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Diaz this game just shutting yeah, down that Lukaku. was player of the year, Diaz. Yeah. Um, yeah, a, a completely different side to that that we saw last week against Southampton, mm-hmm. where Southampton was having a lot of the ball and City just looked disinterested. So, I mean, I feel like just having that presence of De Bruyne, instant boost right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best 10 players in the world. He's bound to do that, but it, it really goes beyond that, what he allows the other guys on the team to do. And, I mean, when you move Jack Grealish into kind of more <clears throat> the one – one B or even a secondary at times playmaker, that's yeah. going to be so massive for them. And not to mention having Laporte back there to partner with Diaz. Um, Nathan Ake just... Yeah, was, wasn't playing as well as we've mm-hmm. seen him play before. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's... City quality. A, a city quality player, I guess. I think it's fine for... Yeah, I think he's fine for a depth when piece. When you're paying... 40 million pounds for a rotational center back. Is that bad? What is his is world twisted? Is as my bad? main man Louis would say. <laughs> so, yeah. uh kind of the only big thing of note, Reese James comes off injured 29th minute for Chelsea. That's a big mm-hmm. blow. They kind of switch up. They bring on Silva. Very different player than what Reese James is. Yeah, Reese James obviously more of a wide kind of player um by bringing on uh silva is kind of they still kind of stuck with the back three but dave was kind of going up a little more yeah up the wing so coming out of half the goal the one goal of the game jesus very strange goal yeah it it was just like a double deflection yeah and like potentially could have been blocked but it, in and, yeah yeah the turn was even kind of strange and how the ball got to jesus yeah, but yeah, ultimately, I mean, you, it's hard to say. You know, Chelsea should have done better there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that was pretty unlucky. But it's one of those things where it's probably well deserved that City scored. Yeah, exactly. But it's just weird that that's how they did it. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. all right. Yep. So City basically had Chelsea kind of on the ropes that second half. Some really big saves out of Mendy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even a goal line clearance. Goal line clearance from Silva. Uh, they get a goal. Chelsea ruled offside. So yeah, he was kind of off like the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was nice. It was nice uh, sequencing and then the pass by <clears throat> was it Havertz? I think to Lukaku. Yeah, but just showed like they're they're kind of very limited action that they could get. They, yeah, they they converted, but offside so disappointing to see that uh Laporte almost scores off a set piece uh and then another big save from Grealish 1v1 and that kind of would have put away the game but yeah Mendy, Mendy big, just 
insane game. He's kind of, I think, proven some people wrong in terms of people like, well, he just has to be okay. Yeah. He's better than just okay. Yeah, I would say my opinion of him has changed. I used to think that he was like decent, yeah, but not great. But I think he's really improved, and his uh, shot stopping ability is really top notch. Yeah, he's definitely better than I thought when they brought him in, and he's I would say he's at the good level. He's probably not of the elite guys. He's not like a yeah of like the world keepers. He's not like a old block, but he's a he's a very good goalie. Yeah, I think he does have some kind of weaker points. Um, you know, sometimes his distribution isn't the best. Mm-hmm. But and even like off corners once in a while, he's not always the best at getting to where he needs to get yeah. to mm-hmm. when he like it's in his mind, but then his body doesn't get there. But no, this one, and then it just kind of ends with Chelsea not really putting anything together, kind of goes out with a whimper yeah. um, in terms of their attack. They made subs to bring on some more attack efforts, taking off Conte and Jorginho, but it just wasn't enough. City take all three points. Um, I th- believe I picked Chelsea to win this, so I was a little shocked, but at the same time, it's like City, the draw at home against Southampton, could have easily lost that. Yeah, Their previous matches against Chelsea kind of been... In- I, I guess you wouldn't say embarrassing, but Pep probably feels anytime he loses, it's embarrassing. So they had a lot to play for, and you could tell. This performance was just dominant. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone was giving it 110%, just full-out sprinting to every loose ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this really just shows City were underperforming this season so yeah. far, and it happens you know, we've seen it in the past where City, they don't get the best start, but then they just rattle off wins. And yeah. I think this is going to be the, the the turn for that. And I think Man City has a really good chance at winning the title. I think for Chelsea, it's pretty disappointing because you're on, you've had a great start to the season. Yeah. You're at the bridge. This was your big test. And you, you fell a little flat on it. It wasn't face. even competitive. No. They couldn't get anything going in attack at yeah. all. They were just coded the whole game by City's midfield and defense. You can't even be like, oh, we were missing Conte or Jorginho. No, they were full. You got full go. absolutely outclassed all around the pitch. Yeah. Um. So, you know, room for improvement for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, and maybe if a few things go their way, who knows, but with that offside just say somehow on they did kind of have city out at that one point but you got to have more than just one thing to look at yeah it can't just be that mm-hmm. so and you know every good team needs one of these they True. need a little reminder say a wake hey, up you're, call. yeah you're not you're not there a lot of times it generally comes against worse teams yeah but losing the big one yeah the, that's kind of the chelsea trademark is to yeah, lose, lose to some the crap teams and then yeah Burnley <laughs> or QPR. And then win against the big ones but Going forward, I think uh, Chelsea just kind of got to get their, kind of got to regroup, keep going with their tactics and stuff. Yeah. It's fine. I yeah. mean, it's one thing to lose the city; it's another to if they come out and struggle against Southampton next week. So, for sure. On to the next match. This one, little surprise yeah. to say the least. Yes, sir. Uh, we're talking United and Villa with this one. Um pretty standard lineup for United here. The De Gea, 
Maguire, Varane, Shaw, Bissaka, Pogba, Greenwood, Fred, Fernandez, um, McTominay, Ronaldo, Sancho off the bench this week. For, as far as Villa is concerned, Emmy Martinez, Conza, Mings, House. So they're going with that back three slash back five kind of combo as they go cash and target out wide. Douglas Luiz, John McGinn, Jacob Ramsey make up the midfield with the partnership of Watkins and Ings up front. So to start this one off, United, good early start. A couple of chances coming through. That connection again, Bruno and Ronaldo, the Portuguese mm-hmm. connection. First 10 minutes, all United looking pretty good, but... The issue that we've had with United, we saw this against Newcastle last week. Mm-hmm. They're very top-heavy. Yeah. You know, they're not impenetrable. Um, oftentimes quite exposed. Yeah. Especially with, uh, you know, I got like Fred in midfield. Yeah. Not offering too we, much resistance. We, yeah, we definitely saw that with that chance when Villa came down, the ball from Cash to Target, and yeah, a heck of a play by Juan Bissaka to break that up, but <laughs> yeah. easily could have ended up in the back of the net. Yeah, a little unlucky there for Target. Just blasted over the net. But, yeah, we see um, Villa kind of continuing, like you said, with the back three, back mm-hmm. five. Playing through the wide players, the wing backs now that they are, um, cash and target, just really utilizing that width and attacking on the counter and then being happy to sit back and defend when they need to. Yeah, they were very effective when going to cash, but I, I felt like most of the time they were definitely on the left side, kind of launching longer balls forward, mm-hmm. um, trying to mainly get a hold of possession um, in the United defense, defensive third. Uh, I just thought from the off and throughout the whole game, United, with how many chances they created, and they weren't bad chances, but they kind of settled, it felt like. Wouldn't you say? It, it felt like a lot of shots from the edges of the box yeah, or angles that weren't going to go in. Yeah, that's the the thing kind of from last season. They'd have so much possession, and they'd be working it around the, the midfield so well. But then they're like, okay, we're going to take a shot from the edge of the box. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not what you should be creating yeah it's like maybe once in a while yeah because they're on target yeah but it's like you maybe work it a little more see if you can get a better Mm -hmm. look um because yeah i mean and they're they're good in their passing sequences and their fast quick build-up play this game was absolutely superb villa would have to kind of bend don't break and cut it out at the last second but yeah I mean, even their individual skill that they had, like when guys were just on the ball, it it was superb, but it just felt like they could have went a little further with their chances, and they didn't, didn't take one, clearly. Yeah, for sure. I, I think at their best is when Bruno is kind of playing diagonal balls to Ronaldo mm-hmm. running into that space, but sometimes they just settle for those longer shots, like you say. And even, like, some questionable decisions, too. Like, I know Greenwood had one where he took a shot, and it wasn't bad, but he had Bruno unmarked, mm-hmm. like, yeah. a little past the penalty area. Or, not penalty area, penalty spot. But it's like, you know, it's just stuff like that. And if you don't take your chances against Villa, it's going to come back to bite you. Yeah. Uh, they almost gave up a goal after De Gea passed straight to Watkins. Mm-hmm. 
That was a rough one. Uh, lucky, Bad De Gea. Lucky for De Gea. He got bailed out by Watkins there. Um, big miss. Another big injury. Uh, yeah, Luke Shaw having to come off. Another fullback. And not Wing so back. much for like the defensive presence, more for like creating offense, especially when you're struggling to create those good chances. Yeah, he's so good at going, pushing through the midfield and mm-hmm. just getting right into attack himself. Yeah, you don't realize it, but a lot of their attack actually goes through Luke Shaw, mm-hmm. um, which is surprising even with the kind of talent that they have. But still, he's a he's a great Massive player. Massive player for him. And then you bring on uh, Delot, and he's just, you know, he's more different of a, kind of player. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be a little more sturdy in defense yeah. and stuff, and he's not going to be as creative going forward. Right. So he's a fine player, but he's no Luke Shaw right now. Luke Shaw's too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, United have a big chance uh, through a Maguire header. Uh, great save by Martinez. And then right before halftime, Pogba with the chance that goes just wide. Yeah, that so was. Goes into halftime, nil-nil. Um, surprising that it was nil-nil at half. Yeah, it's one of those where you really just can't believe that it actually is nil-nil. Like someone should have scored. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, both teams playing very attacking football villa definitely not just parking the bus no they were able to kind of play wide and really push forward um Mm -hmm. especially with their crosses always look dangerous even off corners like it's easy to say that when they eventually do score one but even early on they had one or two that they were getting to before united and you're like oh all right you know kind of keep that tucked away yeah but yeah and then another injury for united mcguire goes off all right um, so two big misses in the defense there. And then after that, Aston Villa get their chance. Just a beautiful header at the near post from Howes. Yeah. And Villa take the lead 1-0. Yeah, it was really, you know, they're kind of putting the pressure on. Not anything too crazy against United towards that end that little like five minute stretch that they had maybe it's like three minutes but they had a few shots went out for some corners nothing really and then this one they're able to put something on that near yeah. post right past the hair you know it might feel a little hard done by it then they go down right off the kickoff the handball first off was it a handball <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the big news I mean the pen who's going to take it Bruno steps up. He did not look confident taking that pen. Villa's really getting like in his he, ass he about just it looked too. like he they was were, gonna miss the whole. They time. were really just ripping I mean, him. Emmy Martinez is like <laughs> the the psychological warfare specialist. True. Like you don't want to be taking pens against that guy. True. You better just close your eyes and. You could almost hear it as Bruno took the penalty. He was. <laughs> as he took it yeah Ronaldo's and it went, just and it, over there dying inside watching at, him that wasn't even close no that was like brutal. you could tell the second he kicked that it's like whoa yeah that was awful <laughs> <laughs> that was like a 60 yard field goal and then uh what's his name Courtney House like walked up to him yeah. yelling at him oh man yeah feels bad man feels Bruno man <laughs> so Villa take home the three points big mm-hmm. upset great win for Villa the thing I take away from this, Villa did this without Buendia and uh, Leon Bailey. I know Buendia did come on for uh, 20 minutes, but, you know, yeah, the not relying majority. on either 
of them. I mean, that's just what Villa, we kind of figured would have to be. They can't really rely on anybody. Even guys where it's like that you wouldn't think did anything, you're like, oh, it's 1-0 and a defender scored. Ings, I thought, still had a good game. I mm-hmm. thought he was doing a lot in terms of pressing and stuff out there. I thought he looked fine. Um, now Villa just really really special they're midfield right now with mcginn and louise especially yeah. both those guys are really clicking yeah they got a tough job but they do a great job i mean mcginn is all he's over the place yeah crazy he is so massive ups villa i'm already wrong in that call from the international break where i said they'd take a step back clearly getting this one win is already debunked debunked it so yeah there's they're showing us that they don't need Jack Grealish. As far as United go going forward, I don't even know. Like, does beating up on another like lowly kind of team do anything for you, or are they going to have to come out this next game against Everton and you know they'll prove it? They'll have to prove it because Everton have been a solid defensive unit so far, I minus the Villa game. The thing about United for me is they need to find a better balance. It's just too unbalanced, way too much attacking and way too much defense and not enough midfield yeah, presence. You, you need a better midfield presence which is tough because you don't have very good midfielders yeah um they're so, either good at attack or yeah defense but in it's this like case Pogba, no one's really good at defense Pogba's gonna begin forward mm-hmm. McTominay is a good defender but you know when it's just he'll still be Fred. going forward anyways yeah he, he still pushes up kind of towards the edge of the box I, as well how bad is van de Beek that he can't get in this squad i mean he's not super defensive mind either he's more of just like an eight in general but how can he not at least get some run in the squad over like fred and matic because i don't even go what was the point of like matic i mean no, nothing. He doesn't do anything. Even when I'm watching him against Newcastle, he's conceding goals because Newcastle is sprinting past him. And I'll be interested to see as well. We saw Jaden Sancho on the bench for mm-hmm. this one. You know, Rashford comes back. He got, you got Rashford, Sancho, Greenwood, Greenwood Ronaldo, Bruno, and you got to somehow balance it out balance it out and try and get guys minutes because i think no matter what someone's not gonna be happy yeah i mean for sure martial is probably on the way out yeah he doesn't really have much of a claim he kind of just feels like the guy that's gonna be on the bench or playing in like the carabao cup and stuff so and sancho he just hasn't played well i don't know what yeah. to tell you i mean people are kind of coping for him in terms of like oh you know he you know, it, it's a matter of tactics and stuff. It's like, really? Yeah. He just hasn't looked good. He hasn't yeah. looked, like I said the mm-hmm. whole time, whenever you watch him, he doesn't look like he has any chemistry or, like, connection with any of his teammates. He's on, like, another, yeah, like, sphere. Yeah, he's, like, going solo. Yeah, like, he's on a different sphere from his, the rest of his team, like, in terms of what they're trying to do. Dribble through. So, anyways, next match, we T- got a very special match. Everton versus Norwich. I say it's very special because one of my predictions from last week came true. Hank doubted me, but it's true. I am the Everton prophet. I was looking back, thinking about all my predictions, and I realized I can only get the ones about Everton correct. So from here on out, I will not be predicting Everton because I 
I already know Everton. It was the moment that Damari Gray and Townsend proved you wrong. You're like, I have to study this team and perfect <laughs> them and know everything about them. It's genius. <laughs> 1.5 million pounds for Damari Gray and Andros Townsend? Or did I not think of that? <laughs> you can take players from Crystal Palace? Genius. So the lineups. Going to the lineups, why don't you break it down for us? Everton, Jordan Pickford, Michael Keane, Luca Dina, Yerry Mina, Ben Godfrey. In the midfield, you know it, you love it. Alan, Ducore, Andrus Townsend. A little Wobie this game. And some Wobie. Rather actually. than. Still missing out on Richarlison. Yep. Up front, you got Damari Gray and Solomon Rondon, Qatar's finest. Yeah. I, I think at. At the next World Cup, he might be a Qatar international at that point. They should let him. Um, Norwich, we got Tim Krul, Max Aarons, Ben Gibson, Grant Hanley, Ozan Kabak, Brandon Williams in the midfield, Matthias Norman, Pierre Lise Malou, Hanks Guy, Kenny McLean, up front, Timo Pukki, and the Americanary, Josh Sargent. Yeah, this one is kind of weird because it was a little back and forth and uh, early on, I'd say in the first like 20 minutes. And that's kind of how every Everton game goes, where it's like Everton will hold possession for a little mm-hmm. bit just to feel it out, and then they let the other team have possession, and they're just like, all right. And eventually they settle back into not holding the ball. Yeah. Um, As far as an attack, Everton always kind of looked a little dangerous out wide, I thought, um, especially swinging balls <clears throat> into the middle. Something about Norwich's defense, I can't put it, keep putting it all on Grant Hanley, but a lot of times it does come back to him as a central defender. It just feels like they're always yeah. giving up chances in the middle of the box. Yeah, I think they also need some additional help from the midfield that they don't get, um, especially with Brandon they, Williams pushing up and getting out of position. Well, Brandon Williams, we'll, we'll just get to it now. You're not a fan of him defensively. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a fan of him offensively, really at this point he's just kind of fast and he can break but he doesn't he's slow when he's on the ball in terms of getting crosses in for norwich going forward yeah the one reference point i have was like a a europa league match two years ago where he was really good (laughs) so that's what i'm basically that's the highest of competition so very true yeah but everton yeah they had some good possession they weren't really doing anything with it no, I mean, they would get it even in the Everton final third. And this is yeah. what I've always noticed with Norwich, too, is once they get it in the other team's uh, defensive third, it it just really breaks down at that point. They're like passing becomes just poo-poo. Mm-hmm. They're just not good at all. Yeah, I, well, I think you just lack clear... the, the players with that kind of technical quality to work in those tight it's spaces. It's a mix of and... that, too, and even so, like, there's times where it's clear like the guy's gonna cross it to Pookie and he probably wants some far post and Pookie's just not there. He's somewhere else or I don't know. It yeah. just seems like Yeah, he, he often like kinda is not actually in that number nine position. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the first half though, Norwich, they they barely could get the ball out of their own half for large parts of the game. That's yeah, they and even when they do, as the game goes on, sometimes they're, the other team will be like, all right, we'll just sit back and let Norwich do their thing. Once they do, it's just it's 
almost like pointless because their attack yeah. is just not gonna come from anything. The, mm-hmm. All their attacks are gonna come from counterattacks, probably. It's like they got there and they're like, "Oh God, what do we do now? We've never been this far." Before. All their shots I've, this I've game. I've never been this far from the Shire before. <laughs> <laughs> All their shots this game were like Norman just bangers from outside the box. <laughs> yeah, and they weren't like bad, but. It's like that's your best chance at scoring is him. And mm-hmm. honestly, I kind of like him. He's he's an all right player. Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> he's all right. I'm okay with him because Norwich really have nothing else besides him and Lee's Malou. Mm-hmm. Where's Todd Cantwell? Yeah. What is he doing? It's it's strange. It seems like maybe he was um, convinced he was going to move. He he doesn't really seem to be like. He doesn't do Invested. anything when he's out there, really. Yeah. I don't really he know. He looks pretty sad when I see him. But yeah. anyways, 25th minute, penalty awarded after a VIR review. Foul on Allen by Ozan Kabak. Yeah. Penalty? Yeah, I'd say so. See, he's in there. He was in there. You're going to go yes, to the dive? Yes, no. I For sure there was contact, but for me, the, it went down the, too easy. the ball was way too far out of reach when on the, the contact touch. happened you know he just kind of popped it out there if anything got fouled if anything it should be a penalty solely for the fact that you're lunging in there on allen That's as he's in the true. box That's running true. away yes. that that alone should make it a penalty. <laughs> it's like just for you being stupid and making this yeah. challenge and thinking it was a good idea that's what the penalty is, not the yeah. actual foul or the dive. It seems like they've been giving this more often, though, even though like players will just kick it far out in front of them. Like someone would have cleared that. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way they're getting to that, but they'll yeah, still call it a pen. We've had this discussion. That happened in the, was that the Tottenham game against like Wolves or something? Yeah, something like that. And they got the free kick. No, yeah. it was the one against Watford. They got the yeah. free kick and Sun scored off the free kick, swinging it in. But that foul that led to the right. free kick, he just like, Someone hit it way up the wing and then just kind of fell down, and they're yep. like, oh. Yep. Like, mm. So anyways, Townsend steps up, big man on campus, takes the pen, of scores. Course. He's better than Bruno. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, so Everton, after that. They went Everton mode. Yeah, they, they sat back. They're, they're like, like, all right, park the is, bus, Norwich. Like, this is, yo, this is pretty chill. We'll <laughs> let Norwich pass the ball around and not really do much. To be fair, Norwich had no idea what they were doing. So goes into halftime, 1-0. Neither team looking that great. Pretty slow buildup. Yeah, it's like Farka has them practice their buildup, and then they don't practice anything in the final third. Yeah, that's true. They're just like, well, just kind of make stuff happen when we get there. They haven't been able to practice that part. They're yeah. still working on playing out of the back. Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, well, they still need that practice. Second half, Norwich looked better. They were keeping it higher up the pitch, at least, getting mm-hmm. out of their own half. Everton didn't look that great, though. No, Everton did not look very good. But, I mean, you're sitting back against Norwich. It's hard optics-wise, that's not going to be a good it's look. It's not a good look. Especially in it my eyes, in Sam's look. eyes, and in everyone's eyes. It's a bad look. Yes. Um, at that point, you're just waiting on the, the classic Everton counterattack. And guess what happens? And you get it through. Who else other than the predicted <laughs> man by the prophet, the great prophet, the great Everton prophet, Stukore, 2-0, quick counterattack. Poor giveaway in midfield. I think it might have been your guy, Norman. You know. But it doesn't what matter. What can you do? He's out here to take 
just rips from outside the box. He's not out here to pass and play in your silly build-up play Daniel Farka. He's out here to shoot the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Keep calm and blast rockets. <laughs> uh, but at that point, it's 2-0, and you know Norwich could have 10 years to score two goals, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Three points for Everton. Another one, cha-ching, even though it was pretty ugly. They all count the same win, on yeah. the, uh, the Absolutely. record sheet. Absolutely. So going forward as far as Everton, is there really anything to take away from this game? I don't think you really can. I mean, the fact that they won with Solomon Rondon in the starting lineup is uh, pretty incredible. It was probably more of a grind of a game than they really needed it to be, but... What are you going to do? As you know, far that's as... kind of what they've been doing this season. It seems like this season they're like, okay, we've spent some crazy money in the past few seasons. Yeah. We're going to bring in Rafa. He's good defensively. We're going to bring in a couple cheap guys in Townsend and Gray. We're going to kind of balance out our spending. This year we spend like nothing, so it balances out the previous yeah. years. And then, you know, hope we can get by on that. And then next year, you know, maybe – Start spending again. Maybe. Maybe it's Everton just shouldn't have expectations because, like, you bring in Rafa, everyone's like, lol. That's true. They look at your summer signings, they're like, wow, really? And it's like, oh, so you're losing High Mace and you're losing Gilfie. Where's your play going to come from? People like us say that. Yeah. And guess what? You have a team. They believe in each other. They have good chemistry. And they actually have some quality. It's put to good use by Rafa's tactics. And you know what you got? You got a team that's uh, top five right now. Yeah, and you're also missing your best player in Calvert-Lewin. True. So, And you're still getting goals. Still getting goals. You have Solomon Some Rondon. Rondon in there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's brutal. I mean, you got to say big ups to Rafa Benitez for doing that. All right. Next game, Leeds, West Ham. This is one of those you look at it on paper and you're thinking, oh, this looks like a spicy meatball. Yes, you really are. Um, coming into this one, the Leeds, very thin squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, their whole bench was like youth players. Yeah, they had some youth players in the starting lineup. Yes. Um, starting off, Melier in net, Furpo, Liam Cooper, Charlie Cresswell coming in there. Not Aaron Cresswell. Not Aaron on Cresswell. Side. Different Cresswell. Jamie Shackleton. Then in the midfield, Rafinha, Stuart Dallas, Dan James, Calvin Phillips, and Matthias Klich up front. Rodrigo, no mm-hmm. Bamford. No Bamford. Break it down, West Ham. Uh, Fabianski, Cresswell, Zuma, Shufal, Ogbana, Fornells, Bowen, Ben Ramos, Sushek, Rice, Antonio. Is there really any, like, if you had to bet your life on, what, on like, a team having a 11 for match day would you just guarantee this is going to be west ham if everyone's healthy yeah west ham know their team and i love that i love that about them absolutely in the cresswell derby (laughs) speaking of cresswell and shackleton just get right into it i was super impressed by them they weren't like i think it's because i had low expectations but they were (laughs) they were good going forward they had creative plays um i guess just in general leads were a little more creative this game they weren't always as sharp as we've seen last year, but they definitely looked better in attack this year or than previous games this year. Yeah, I think those two guys starting off, they looked pretty composed at the back. Um, mm-hmm. You wouldn't necessarily expect that out of those guys, but yeah, they looked good. Uh, Shackleton getting forward. 
and a very open open game. Not too surprising. These teams both like to play very uh, they're attack minded, focused. Mm-hmm. And Leeds kick off the scoring with a nice finish from Rafinha after a very poor error from Sushek. Yeah, that was kind of a little brain fart by Sushek. Heck of a counter though by Leeds. <laughs> yeah, it was really it's nicely executed. Rodrigo to click. And, and he finds Rafinha right on the side. Boom. Perfect capitalization on that error. Exactly what you need to do against West Ham. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, just Rafinha looked better this game too. And I mean, I, I was saying earlier in earlier pods this year where it's like, you know, against the big teams, he kind of disappears. But these more like middle clubs, he does show his quality. Mm-hmm. And he showed it this game. And then later on, he had that one off the post which was a good shot too, but, you know, I thought Leeds this game were excellent, especially kind of out wide, um, were able to exploit West Ham, which is a little surprising. You know, you got experienced guys like Shufal and the other the other Cresswell yeah. on the other side. but Cresswell Sr. <laughs> the old man Cresswell. But, no, I thought they were pretty good. And then in midfield, I thought they hung in there. I think it's... I would say West Ham have a better midfield. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Um, but as far as winning second and third balls, they weren't too. Um, they weren't in like really that rough a shape in terms of getting beat by West Ham. Rafinha, big effort, clanking off the post, and then halftime, four nulls, one on one with the keeper. Yeah, right at him. Poor, poorly taken chance. It really was. It was bad. Really need to execute on those. So halftime goes uh, 1-0 leads into the break. West Ham coming close to scoring. You can you can sense it's coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Before you go on, I think this week was the week of breakaways that were saved. Because there's the Grealish one, there's the four nails, yes. and then we're going to get to that. the Newcastle had a couple. There was one, I forget which game it was. Someone tried to score near post. I was like, no, no, no. It's not last season. It is not the year of near post goals. <laughs> that was last season. Those don't go in this year. Simple there are, as. There were a couple near post shots nah. this week. Yeah, but they didn't go in. No, I know they didn't yeah, go yeah. in. I'm just saying there were a couple. Uh, so I don't uh, know which last one year, could Last be. year. Well, yes, last as, year. As the prophet has, has spoken. <laughs> um, so, yeah, coming out of halftime, Sushek gets the goal. That's a weird one. The foul called in on, on uh, Antonio. Following Melier, yes. it was. It was, you it was very strange. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would have to say it's a foul, but I would say that too. Yeah, it was kind of weird, especially because like the ref didn't feel obligated to call it, mm-hmm. and then they reviewed it, said it was fine, and then he was like watching replays, and the Leeds fans were like cheering for him to give him a yellow, <laughs> yeah. and it was like, could this go from like a goal, and then it's like not called to it's gonna be a yellow, and then it was called a yellow. Yeah. So. That was Very that was a strange, strange. <laughs> turn of events. West Ham. I'm not like, really sure that's how you want to referee that situation. That's the only way to do uh, it based off emotions. Forget who was refing this game, but yeah, that was a little uh, bad luck for Leeds there to go down. So, Kevin Friend. Kevin Friend. Okay. Your good old pal, Kevin Friend. Um, and then uh. But West Ham get the goal. They get the goal. Bowen. Jared Bowen. Yeah, the, with this one, it, you know, it was a good finish. Bowen not really 
normally a finisher. We've had this conversation. He's more the guy that sets up the guy who gets the assist or Bowen's just making a nice dribble move and gets the assist. Mm-hmm. But it was nice, uh, nice build up play. A little, a little fortunate. Yeah, this is this is like the uh, week of deflected goals for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's the season of deflected goals. We don't know. It might be. Um, but it was like Furpo like leaning into yeah, kind of like heading it, but it yeah. went backwards. It was Unlucky. Just strange. Um, and then 90th minute, West Ham take the lead through Antonio, beats Shackleton. Wonderful ball from Declan Rice. You got to say Leeds, oh, this one really hurts because you were – so close to getting that point especially mm-hmm. with a thin squad a point to west ham yeah you take that yeah but absolutely then, with the way things are going for leads but then they blow it they blow it yeah antonio he's just too hot right now yeah too hot indeed anything as far as going forward for west ham i think this is massive you could see how much it meant to him to get that 90th minute winner Moyes was ecstatic um, yeah, they keep on rolling. Even at, you know, they, it wasn't the easiest game. No. You know, Leeds provided they, a test. Yeah, I mean, West Ham created over 20 shots, and I, mm-hmm. I want to say like five or six of them were on target. But uh, so, but they it wasn't really resulting in the best chances for them. So they definitely yeah. had to work for it. Leeds actually put in a defensive shift this game, I thought. It was one of those games where you're, you're trying to score and trying to score, but it seems like nothing's going to go in. Mm-hmm. They ground out that game, though, and got the three points. Something to build off of for Leeds real quick or no? Yeah, I would say so. When you the come defense. in, you have a pretty good performance with such, missing a, Bamford and such a thin squad, and you're having mm-hmm. some young guys step up. You say, okay, that was a tough game. Like They probably had that one written off as a loss mm-hmm. anyways. So maybe... I don't know. It's you know, I mojo. think the idea of bringing in these young guys is really something um, that maybe Bielsa should look at a little more because it provided a spark for sure. You don't obviously yeah. don't want to become over reliant on youth guys, but then you become Arsenal. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but no, I think Leeds going forward, they got a big match this week, potential to win that. So moving on, moving on, Leicester Burnley, Leicester versus Sam's Burnley. favorite match of the week. Oh, you know you love a cheeky Burnley. This one, just right off the bat, was a lot more open. Oh, lineups. 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 Yes, sir. Just unorganized by both of us on that one. Schmeichel, Soyuncu, Bertrand, again. Uh, Pereira and Vestigard, along with Thielmans and Didi. Sumare getting another start. Barnes, Vardy, Lookman in there. I said they should drop Madison. Um, as far as Burnley goes, Pope, Loughton, Taylor, Tarkovsky, me, Brownhill, McNeil, Westwood, Cornet getting a start, Chris Wood, and Matty Vidra also in there. Yeah, the thing to note being that uh, Cornet coming in, kind of pushing out McNeil onto the right side mm-hmm. um, from his favored left-hand side. So getting into this game. Lester. I just want to say right off the bat, it was way more open than I thought it would be. Yes. For whatever true. reason. Like, it was so open that Vestigard had to commit a foul to stop Burnley's kind of little mini counterattack, and he got a yellow. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. 
Yeah, Leicester started out strong, 10 minutes of pressure coming in, but then Burnley do what Burnley do, causing some chaos. They win a corner. Ashley Westwood. Vardy was just so desperate to score that he had to score on his own net. <laughs> Into the near post. Jamie Vardy. Another one of these flicked on own goals. We saw Luca Digne yeah. have a one as well. Could be the year of near post flick on own goals. I mean, <laughs> who knows? So that's that's tough when you're Leicester. I mean, they've been yeah, struggling Vardy. and then that happens. Against a team that you thought you could for sure build off of. Now it completely puts you on a different track for yeah. the rest of the game. With that said, there's an answer. Uh, probably, I guess, what was it, 37th minute, so it was a little later, but mm-hmm. Vardy's goal from Tielemans. I thought Tielemans had a great week this week. Um, this is probably the best he's looked yeah. all season. Um, maybe a little left to be desired in terms of his defensive effort and whatnot. He wasn't the best. You know, you always kind of want a well-balanced game out of him, but in attack, he was distributing the ball very well, I thought. Yeah, he was getting it into Vardy just like the ideal situation is Jamie mm-hmm. Vardy running off the shoulders of the center backs, getting in behind, having a one-on-one with the keeper. And puts uh, it away. he puts it away very nicely, 1-1. One, one. But Leicester's defense rears their ugly head yet again. Yes, they do. Burnley get the response. Cornier with a beautiful smack of a volley. This is the best I've seen Vidra ever play. <laughs> like, not even, bar none. Like, yeah. I know he had that great year for Watford in the championship, like, in 2013. But this is, like, he has never shown me anything at any time in his Premier League career. And he actually, like, was doing stuff this game, putting pressure on Leicester. Gets the assist on this one, far post to Cornet. And then Cornet has another one before half. Could have easily scored again. Could have been 3-1. Yeah, absolutely. But unluckily, goes down injured, pulls up, possible hamstring. Burnley fans are booing him already. <laughs> That's a tough <laughs> one to see. This guy comes on, makes his makes his start, scores an absolute banger of a goal, and pulls up injured and has to come off. Mm-hmm. So halftime, Burnley take the lead 2-1. And then coming out of halftime. Yeah, I mean, Leicester making their changes, um, bringing on a little more attack-minded players in um, Iannaccio and Madison. I think they even took off Pereira, which, you know, he's kind of he's pretty good going forward. He didn't really have it this game, and they were really getting yeah. exposed in defense. So, yeah. you know, I don't mind the Castagna substitution there um but 85th minute took him a while Vardy from Ianacho we've we've been saying Ianacho's name yes for how long yes Come I don't on, know what Brendan Rodgers is thinking how bad does it have to get before you start him actually I don't know you tell me but they go 2-2 off mm-hmm. a well-worked play um your guy Chris Wood Chris Wood almost, almost gets the game winner just a half yard offside. They celebrate, <laughs> and then it's ruled offside. Sad times at the turf more. But they get a point um, from you take Burnley. take that if you're Burnley. You if you're don't Lester, take that if you're like, Lester. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're already ripping your, you're ripping your hair and your eyes out. 2-2. Two, two. 
Burnley something to build off of here, especially with the attack. They kind of look like they could do some stuff. Yep. Going forward, try and implement that. Um, I don't know Leicester's defense right now. I can't trust them at all. So Yunchu and you gave up two goals to Burnley. It's like, oh, this is not good. And while one may have been an own goal, say that's not an own goal. You could make the case Burnley should add two anyways with the way that they were breaking at times. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, easily could have had Le- Leicester's defense. One. I don't know what they do. They maybe they just back three, but it's like they what, don't Bert, have anyone. <laughs> you just have Bertrand as like another center back somehow, rather than be a wide player. I don't know what they do. They have to do something. This tactics of this back four is just not nothing's going for it. They have to change something. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I think. I don't. I think it eventually has to come from the defense in terms of you're gonna have. We were wondering early on, is it the defense or attack? And it's like, well, Leicester, they're attack minded. They got to get the attack sorted out. Well, they got the attack sorted out this game. Guess what? They still didn't get all three points mm-hmm. against a team that has yeah. struck, trouble scoring. You eventually, not this be defense to to Burnley. This this defense has to be sorted out before they're even taken serious in terms of European qualification. But. The problem is they're just so limited in their options. I mean, they could bring in a Marty into the back, but other than that, I mean, you got Johnny Evans keeps he came back injured, injured. you know, and then I mean, you're just kind of waiting on Fafana to come back, and that's probably going to be a while still. Yeah, this Vestigard signing has not. That was a well. complete waste of fifteen million pounds. Southampton right now. Yeah, they're like, hey, one year left on his contract. They're like, we'll take that any day of the week. So anyways. Moving on. Draw there. On to this one. Watford Watford versus Newcastle. Oh, yeah. Quite an exciting game. You knew it would be, and that's, it's my rule. It's my rule of two bad teams that are attack-minded. Going to be a great game to watch. It's going to be just chaos. Just going to be a great game to watch. Uh, as far as the lineups, Watford, the home side, Ben Foster getting another start with Bachman out, Danny Rose, Trustek Kong, Craig Cathcart, Feminia, Clevs, Sissoko, Zmaliasar, Manuel Dennis, Kuchka, and Josh King. Shout out to cycling goalkeeper. <laughs> Carl Darlow, Kieran Clark, Matt Ritchie. Federico Fernandez, Javi Menquillo back in there for Newcastle, Joe Linton, Hayden, Paraguay's finest, Miguel Almiron, Joseph Willick, Sean Longstaff, and ASM. Little different look from Newcastle as they switch from the five at the back to the four at the back, trying to rock uh, the, the five in the midfield, get a little more possession going against Watford. You well, don't really need you know five defenders you would think against them getting 48 possession in this game is about all you're going to ask out of Newcastle. That is true. That's like 70% for them. Yeah. Well, my thing to watch in this game coming in off last week's pod was which midfield can at least look tolerable. And honestly, they were both 
so poor at times that you would <laughs> yeah. be like, oh, that Newcastle's looking fine. It's like, no, it's just Watford are playing bad. And you're like, oh, Watford's looking all right at this time. No, it's just Newcastle's playing bad. Yeah, they're not good. <laughs> Game starts off, first 20 minutes, a lot of fouls. Yeah. A couple of yellow cards thrown out. Uh, not so, much in yeah, terms a of lot attacking of quality play. Incomplete dribbles mm-hmm. from Newcastle, wide passes and long passes from Watford. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'd say as the game went on, a little more counterattack play from both sides, but first goal, Mr. Longstaff. Ooh, I was watching this one live. I was watching this game live. And I saw that. Oh my God. Longstaff with the long shot. A little assist from St. Maximin. You could tell it was coming though. He, he popped off a couple couple of shots just before that and they were yeah. coming close you're like okay you better watch this guy yeah he's feeling it he, I, he i'm a big long staff it. guy you know you know personally. i'm more of a short staff kind of guy Ayo. Ayo. um but you know one nil for newcastle watford still not a ton going on for him and then newcastle had that chance they caught watford out and saint maximin pretty much had a one-on-one with the keep dangled foster I forget which defender got on the line, but there's a defender. And they all came crashing towards St. Maxim. He laid off Longstaff, and he just completely missed. (laughs) (laughs) He just completely missed. What was that? It was too close. (laughs) That was the problem. Um, Anything else catch your eye in this first half? Uh, No. I I mean, it was interesting to see Newcastle switch it up from, from the back five. And at times it seemed like it was kind of working, but for the most part it was like, okay, this is still not very good. <laughs> if they had like John Joe out there, yeah, maybe it would have been better, because he's just he can at least kind of spray the ball side to side and a little. He's not completely limited going forward with it. Yeah. So I feel like that would have been better, but now, nah, yeah, I agree. It wasn't. It didn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. One nil at half for Newcastle. Your guy, your Watford guy, Joao Pedro. Yeah, my every, guy. Every Joao is Sam's yep. guy. Jesus, Joao. <laughs> Comes on, highly anticipated debut for him this year. Him and Sar, like the main guys for Watford. Yep. Um, Joe Willick, just not in the form that he was last year. Shocking. Absolutely <laughs> shocking. You're telling me Joe Willick, a youth player who's never done anything who then scored seven and seven has reverted back to his doing nothing. He's saving. I can't it for, believe he's it. Saving it for the. He's saving it for later. He told me. Newcastle, thanks for the money. Yes. How dare you? How dare you say that about Newcastle? Um, Ben Foster been looking pretty good. I don't really think there's much of a difference between Bachman and Foster for Watford. I there neither bit of them of a rough game last last game yeah but. i don't think I, neither of them are really the problem with this team that's all i'll say no um al marone kind of kind of had a little rough go there yeah. didn't he yeah failing to clear <laughs> and then gives up the corner just a wonderful flick onto the back post by josh king sar mm, saw right there. acres of space finishes into the empty net one one Watford pull it back. Yeah, that was Josh King's best play for Watford so far. That is absolutely true. 
He almost had one later on, though. So then just going back and forth, both teams kind of pushing for the winner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kieran Clark has a header go just wide. Josh King, like you said, taps in a rebound to take the lead. Mm-hmm. going absolutely mental they think was, they've won the he game he was so far offside it's, he it's was hilarious. so far offside it was <laughs> it yeah. was unbelievable so far offside <laughs> and then the very last one Watford had some shots kind of nothing too crazy it was rebound and ball pinging around they just launch it up Newcastle being they to Murphy Murphy's one-on-one with Ben Foster and potentially the worst chip I've ever seen in my life yeah it was bad it was bad. I, yeah. If Foster was standing straight up, it might have been like at his thigh level. Yeah, might and have gone through like, his legs. Like his side. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was so bad. That was the worst attempt at a chip I've seen. Yeah. So it finishes one one. One one. I think that's a fair result. I think that is absolutely fair. It was a very entertaining match. Not, not the most. Um, no, but sometimes ugly is beautiful. Quality. Yes, that is true. Um, we find the beauty in the bad. Absolutely. That's the Premiership Ruzel's podcast <laughs> slogan. slogan. We find the beauty in the bad. Uh, for Watford, four points out of six against Norwich and Newcastle. Give that a grade. I'd give it a B plus. I would say that would be like a B plus, yeah. 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 That's, that's above what they expected. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, you probably would have said two would have been like a C. I would have given them a higher grade, but I think they could have won this match. Yeah. If they took all six, it would have been an A+. Plus. Absolutely. Take, win two six-pointers like that. Now they got leads coming up, so we'll see about that. that we'll see. They might, be, they might be catching leads at the best time. Yeah. As far as Newcastle, still no win. They have signs. Um their defense looked a little better this game, but again, that's just part. Watford's not the sharpest attacking team, so you can't read too much into it. But They really need Callum Wilson. Yeah, they really do. Simple as. Simple as. Get them some goals. Last game of the Saturday fixtures, Brentford-Liverpool. Absolute banger of a game. This was a fantastic game getting into the lineups brentford home team david raya in net ayer pinnock and jansen that back three that we have come to know and love for brentford in the midfield anyeka rico henry norgard canos vitali janelt and up front the dynamic duo of ivan tony and brian Embuemo. Are you waiting for people to apologize uh, to Arsenal because people are clowning them that they lost to Brentford? Yes, absolutely. Put some respect on Brentford's name. They're a yeah. good team. On the Liverpool side, Alisson in at Virgil van Dijk paired up with Joel Matip, Robertson, and Alexander-Arnold back in the lineup. Was Kanate hurt this game? Um... He must have been. I didn't see anything about that, but let's see. He he was on the bench, actually. Uh, so, yeah. Midfielders, you got Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, and Curtis Jones getting a start. Uh, front three, Mane, Sala, and Diogo Jota. Yeah, this one starts off fast. That's for sure. The whole game was just open Yep. and very, very quick. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Salah's shot that was cleared off the line. Um, there's another uh, goal line clearance for Brentford as well. Yeah, it was crazy. The, the goal line clearances, and both of them seemed like they almost didn't want to score. Like they they hit it so soft. Yeah, Salas especially. That yeah. one was that was so strange because like it was good placement, but it was like you just, just got nothing on it. Yeah. But uh, going to the first goal, Ethan Pinnock. Ethan kind of kind of strange uh, sequence. The little uh, off the corner, headed on. Kind of, I, I guess they gave Tony the assist, but yeah. it looks like Jansen might have touched that on the flick on. I think it was Tony. Initially, you look at it and you say, wow, Liverpool, that was some bad defending, but it I just takes a, the slightest little flick on, and, and the Pinnock is in on goal, yeah. taps it home. The far one post. Nil. Brentford Beautiful. take the lead through a shocking turn of events. Mm-hmm. But then Diogo Jota says, no, no, no. Scores from a header after a good move. Down the right, you have, who's that? Bombing down the right hand? That's that's Hendo. Yeah. <laughs> Swinging balls in. Yeah, it was really uh, surprising. It was like a perfect cross that fell right on Jota's head. Yeah. And it was kind of strange because Pinnock was like kind of hurt, and then he ends up leaving the game. Yeah, he went um, down, came back up. Yeah, it was down. clearly an issue for him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, even in that play... Liverpool's attack wide this game was really troublesome for Brentford. Yeah, they were they were not looking like they've looked so far this season being so defensively sound. This game was kind of the first game where they really looked like they were being exposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that Liverpool front three just too much to handle. And then you have uh, reinforcements coming from fullback. And Which is really Henderson. surprising given the fact that Alexander Arnold and uh, Robertson are generally going to be a little more deep lying. So you have guys like Canos and Henry that can get out wide, kind of push, pressure those guys. Yet they were still just putting in tremendous balls yeah. and creating a lot of different. I thought particularly Rico Henry had a kind of a rough game. Yeah, he's getting beat quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, David Raya, big save on the Jota shot. After the Curtis Jones long-range effort. Yeah, I, I thought Jota was a little wasteful, more so than... Because Raya, I mean, it is a great save to get up after that, but I felt like he had chances other than this one, too. And sure, he scores the nice header, but he could have had two. That's fair. At least, I thought. It's fair. It goes into halftime, 1-1. Tight game on our hands. Coming out of halftime again, another big save by David Raya. And then... Eventually, Liverpool is just too much for Brentford to handle. Mm-hmm. Salah gets in behind Rico Henry and scores. Ruled offside, but... Overturned uh, somehow pretty, on. Pretty easily overturned, uh, being played on kind of by a far defender. Mm-hmm. Assist to Fabinho. Nice ball up. Yeah, Fabinho, Fabinho just Fabinho. staying in form in terms of his attack-minded presence. Not normally thought of that with this time at Monaco and the coming into um liverpool he's kind of one of those guys where it's like he can be a fullback but also can kind of be like a six if you need him to can in a be pinch. a center back yeah he's just a versatile guy but right now he's out here just playing as if he's like a 10 yeah <laughs> but not for long your guy vitaly Janelt. uh-oh cleans up 
a scramble. Yeah. Not, that was, not the that, best looking goal. That was a dirty goal. Then uh, someone like headed it off the crossbar or something, or it hit the post, and then it yeah, bounced I, to someone. Yeah, I think Jansen hit it off the post or the crossbar. I can't remember which. And then, yeah, there's a couple scrambly bits in there somehow, and the ball <laughs> ended scrambly up. bits, <laughs> and he taps it home. Yeah, yeah he taps it home. Um, yeah. 2-2. Two, two. Two, two. And then we get a Curtis Jones just banger with the deflection. Yeah, big deflection off of Ayer. Unlucky. Yeah, you feel a little hard done if you're Brentford on that one. Yeah, and then kind of a big turning point in the match. Mo Salah has a great chance to finish off the game, Mm -hmm. take home all three points. And he says, no, thank you. And he says, wow, I respect you, Brentford, so much I'm going to (laughs) miss. And guess what Brentford do? They say, thank you very much, Mo Salah. I raise you a... Wisa. Wisa. <laughs> you just got Wisa'd. <laughs> Yo, and Wisa. Another just kind of scramble sort of goal. Barely gets it yeah, over. He got the pretty line. lucky the way it it came off of uh, Alexander Arnold's back mm-hmm. and then just fell perfectly to him. Yeah. And he was able to finish. Yeah, Alexander Arnold had like no idea where the ball was. He just like, spun around. And... Yeah. <laughs> Laying on the ground. So. Finishes 3-3. Liverpool kind of not the most clinical. We've seen it from them in the past at times. Generally, it's not Salah, though. It's Mane or Firmino. But, yeah, you know, Salah, I wouldn't say cost them the game. He had a good game. It's just unfortunate he didn't put away another chance he had. Yeah, of all the chances, you know, that one was kind of the biggest to put away the game would you chalk up this game to kind of just good attack and everything kind of bounced right for the attacks or would you say there's some cause for concern in the defense for these teams i think it just kind of highlights that yeah liverpool are a good team especially going forward they're very dangerous but they they're not invincible by any means no um the midfield you know uh, it, curtis jones it, playing it's like yeah sure he did fine you cannot rely on that all the time yeah they're pretty uh pretty reliant on guys like milner and henderson right now to keep playing the level that they're at so yeah you're really not looking for a shootout with brentford no you know brentford hasn't scored too many goals you this would season. like to think that you can just kind of set up shop and park the bus if you have to in the last few minutes against Brentford and they weren't able to. Yep. So and the defense didn't look all that great either, honestly. Allison didn't either. He had that one with the second goal, he came out for that and just was not even close and he mm-hmm. was already pulled out of position and that yeah. kind of left for the scramble and it kinda cost him a little bit. Yep. So Yeah, I think ultimately it's just going to come down to them not being able to replace Wijnaldum in the midfield, and that's going to really hurt them. You know, of course they're right now in first place, but I think in the long run, I mean, we're at week six and they're playing that midfield. Mm -hmm. It's not looking good in my eyes. I I feel the same way. And I got Man City coming up. Uh, I don't know if you'll get away with Curtis Jones against those teams. Don't think so. But a team that you might be able to get away with them against, Southampton. <laughs> and Wolves. Southampton um, versus Wolverhampton. First of the Sunday fixtures. The Hampton Derby. Truly. Uh, 
starting off Southampton, Alex McCarthy. Kyle Walker-Peters and Levermento being the fullbacks, so no uh, Perot again this game. Salisu, Bednarak as the two center backs. They really like to rotate their back four, I think. That they do. I wonder if Hasenhut is just like, we're trying to find whoever gives us the best chance or if he's trying to keep people fresh or what he's trying to do. It probably makes it both. But Romeu, Prowse, Redman, El Nuesi also in there again. Armstrong up front, along with Che Adams, and they're kind of partnership for wolves jose saw connor cody max killerman romaine saiz marcel semedo montino dan donker raul menez daniel podence and huang yi chan so a little bit different lineup for wolves bringing in podence in there uh dan donker as well huang getting the start mm-hmm. southampton pretty Pretty standard, you know, a little mix and match at the back. That's what they've been that's rocking they, with. That's what they like to do. Um, getting into this one, starts off with a great chance for Samedo. He's through on goal, but he cannot convert the chance. What else is new with Wolves? But, no, their wide play this game kind of got a little back on track. I thought yeah. Brentford, they were kind of stymied, forced the wide, but then they couldn't even do anything when they were wide. Um, yeah, and it was surprising, too, without Traore in there. You know? Yeah, no no Traore in this one, but, they, yeah, they were able to have good link-up play. They're a little, just a little bit quicker than Southampton, I thought, in terms of their link-up play. A little sharper, too, just in general. A lot more edge to their game. Yeah, I think Southampton, like, really bad they were yeah really sloppy in their passes wolves wolves were decent at times but they also had some some poor moments as well oh absolutely um southampton getting more of the ball but still not creating any chances um nathan redmond scores but he's ruled offside goes into halftime nil nil not a nice half of football you didn't like that it wasn't appealing to your eyes <laughs> Not too surprising, though, from these two teams who have been struggling so far this season. Second half, Southampton come out, get some more chances, defending well. Yeah, they looked a little better. And then all it took was one long ball from Jose Sa up to Jimenez. And yes. Raul Jimenez's individual skill really taking on the defense of Southampton and walking Alex McCarthy and how you like it. He's on the board for Wolves. Yeah, that was like an angry goal. It really was. You could tell this game and last game, he's been quite frustrated with his lack of goal scoring. So he got on the score sheet after a long time away with injury. Yeah, no, and I think that's massive for Wolves. Um, Just to see one of your main attack guys, whether Tim or Troy, finally put one in, or even if you want to include Trincao or Chan in that, either way, to see one of your main guys that are going to be your uh, catalyst going forward put one in it's gonna be massive so southampton down a goal they say okay we need a goal we bring on reinforcements we bring on borja slash borja <laughs> we bring on shane long spent last half of the season on loan at bournemouth in the championship but anyways they go front three borja shane long and still kept on adam armstrong it wasn't working. 
No, believe it or not, that Dookie trio wasn't working. <laughs> Whoa, I'm offended. Your guy Borgia, my guy Armstrong, and no one's guy anymore, Shane Long, because he's... It used to be my guy back he in did. 2016. Even before then, the yeah. West Brom days, yeah. Shane Long. So he's good for a goal. Um, Yeah, Wolves, you would say good form, good shape to hold out the victory. Southampton weren't too inspiring in attack at all this game, so... But I mean, hey, they kept it up, I guess. So yeah, Wolves. You'll take any points you can get at this point. Yep. Been struggling Southampton. I don't know. It's concerning their their offense. They're just holding on for life. Yes. Their defense is fine. It's serviceable. Their attack, if it's not Armstrong in, it's going to be rough. Their their midfield is just so disappointing to me, and it's like. All these people who are like, yeah, James Ward Prowse, he's 50 million pounds, Aston Villa. It's like <laughs> he doesn't do that much in terms of just in the he's regular a solid support. Play. He's a solid support guy. He's not going to be your main guy. I think the thing, the perfect encapsule of this team is Oriel Romeo. It's like, I don't want to watch this guy. He's no trash. one wants to watch this guy. He's not very good. His stats might suggest some other things at different times. But I know what I know, and this is not good. So, one nil for Wolves. You're concerned about Southampton going forward. Anything about Wolves going forward? I'm still concerned about Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look very good, honestly. But I I disagree. They got three points, you know. Yeah. They got Bruno Lage. That's all that matters. That's all you really need. Well, I guess we'll see. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of people that aren't looking very good, Arsenal, Tottenham. The Wolves guy, Nuno. You look falling asleep on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You look like you're about to pass out after just that game. It was was that Southampton Wolves. That that reminded you of wanting to fall asleep. Um, (sighs) Arsenal, Tottenham, big one. North London Derby. You got a big smile on your face. We got the lineups. Before you start celebrating? Are you kidding me? 11 best friends for Arsenal, I'll tell you that. <laughs> tell you that. We got Aaron Ramsdale, Kieran Tierney, Ben White, Gabriel, Tomiyasu, in the midfield, Thomas Partey, Bukayo Saka, Martin Odegaard, Emil Smith-Rowe, and Granit Xhaka coming in after the red card suspension. Pure America Bamiang leading the line. For Tottenham, they have Hugo Lloris. Sergio Reguilon, Davison Sanchez, Eric Dyer, Tanganga. So kind of going back to that uh, back four that they had earlier in the season. They mm-hmm. kind of switched it up, had Romero come in, Tanganga, red card, Dyer injury. So that was kind of back to their standard. Then you have in the midfield, Hoiberg, Dele Alli, and Ndombele, and let me ask you, have you ever seen a more uninspiring midfield than this one right here? No. No, the answer is no. no. Up front, Harry Kane and Son and Lucas Mora getting a start. Yeah, this game again, I, I don't know. There's something with Everton games starting off. You know how it's going to start off. I feel the same way about um, Arsenal games. It's like the first 10 minutes is just going to be back and forth. Mm-hmm. Where it, no one's really gonna have a foothold in the game, yeah. Um, no, I just thought Arsenal this game came out so dominant 
in terms of their ability to play quick and counterattack. It was it looked like it a completely so different good. side. It looks so good. It it looks so easy. Just too. stealing even their defense in terms of like stealing the ball from Tottenham mm-hmm. was just yeah, they immediately get the ball and then just work it down the field like so easily. They didn't even need the middle of the field because they were just the whole flanks were open, left and yeah. right mm-hmm. were just always open. And Tottenham, that midfield, Deli Alley and Indombele, they were just pushed up so far. And then once they lose the ball, I mean. Arsenal has a free pass. Tanganga was nowhere to be found. Regulon was nowhere to be found. Just so easy. Um, What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, no, it's the... um, On our Twitter account, I retweeted something. It was like a quote from Larice after this game, and it was like... I guess it was like Tuesday or Wednesday this week, but it was like... uh, yeah, I can. And Dombele, he's really fitting in well. He's finally getting on. It's like that's your record signing. And <laughs> by the way, no, he's not. He stinks. He's terrible. You know who else is terrible? Deli Alley. Why is this guy in the team week in week out? Don't ask me. Like what did he? He did nothing. I've been saying he this for nothing. three years. He'd get the ball years. and lose it like way up the field, and then, then he's out to lunch. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about if a world-class manager at one point, you might say he's not anymore. You might say he is. I don't really care. Who, Mikel Arteta? Mourinho. Oh. When Mourinho has no faith in you, how am I supposed to have faith in you? I. You can say the same thing about Shaw and be like, oh, no, no. You know, Shaw fits a little better in different systems than Mourinho. Okay. And Mourinho's come out and said, how is... Shaw not playing for United. He's their best player. It's not like that. He's completely contradict himself. But yeah. still, if if you can't play under Mourinho, how am I supposed to trust you? I don't know. So, no. So anyways, Arsenal open up the scoring through Emil Smith-Rowe. Socket down the right-hand flank. Lovely little ball into a streaking Emil Smith-Rowe. Lots of space. Sanchez, Sanchez looked good. He looked good this game. Out to lunch. Everyone on everyone, Tottenham. Everyone on good. Tottenham out to lunch. No, they look good. Especially Harry Kane. That guy, his soul is in Manchester City, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, not too much longer. 2-0. Great run down the left-hand side. Smith Rowe, that's kind of when he looks at his best, when he's just running down that left-hand side. The fact side. that they it took him until week six... Arsenal should be docked points for not playing this guy all the time. That's and true. Using Minus him this 12. way. Truly should so, be. So Aubameyang gets the second goal, and then five minutes later goes 3-0. Arsenal, another break. Saka makes a run through the box. A little lucky to keep the possession, but hey, he finishes, and it's 3-0. At that point, you're thinking, oh my God, what in the world is happening in this match? I'm not. I have news for you. I'm not. And it's not because <laughs> I have faith in Arsenal. Uh, Absolutely it's just, shambolic. It, it's so easy to break Tottenham's defense because they have one guy who's actually like competent in Hoiberg, but he's not outstanding or anything. He's just all right. And then you got that defense is just just brutal. Yeah. Dyer, Sanchez. Yeah, the that, wide players. That defense is more serviceable when 
earlier in the season when they're sitting back more often and playing on the counter. Yeah. But when you're having your guys pushed up that far and you're going to have them be exposed, that is where you need like very high quality center backs. If you play that kind of style, like, yep. like Man City, they have the best center backs and they, they can handle when another team has a quick break because they're that good. But these guys Or even their old man city will know to like foul and stuff like that. They're in the right position to Mm -hmm. break it up. Guess Mm -hmm. what Tottenham's not? In position at any given point. Deli Alley will be in the other team's box and Arsenal already have the ball crossing the halfway point. Mm -hmm. Like what just brutal. Halftime, 3 0. Mm-hmm. Arsenal come out, second half, they look pretty content to sit on their lead. Tottenham Yeah, I don't really care for that a ton, even though yeah. Arsenal's defense is fine. I always hate when teams play to not lose rather than play to win. I think Arsenal was like, what is this position I'm in? This is <laughs> quite confusing. But, anyways, Tottenham started to look on better, brought on Skip and Emerson Royale. They have some more attacking efforts. It, it's looking better. You're going to ignore the penalty? Big chance. No, I'm getting to that. Big chance. Should have been called in the box. White fouls Harry Kane. Not given. Yeah, they what look are you at do? it. Ignored. What are you going to do? Arsenal ref ball. What's new? <laughs> and I say thank you <laughs> to whoever was in the VAR booth on that day. Because that really probably should have been a penalty. Um and that could have changed it because Tottenham get one back through Sun, kind of a a uh, a slip up from Tomiyasu and Saka, kind of miscommunication down the side. Should have just cleared the ball, but instead they're uh, out of position. Sun yeah. goes on through. Yeah, injury is never really funny, but Jaka laying there and then like <laughs> no one acknowledging the fact that he's down and they just keep playing and then they, it yeah. results in a goal. It's like, oh, okay. Yep. Oh, and the guy like, what What do you do, tears Achilles? Or I guess it wasn't that uh, bad, but it was, it was more a, like... It was a ligament in his knee. Yeah, so ACL or like, MCL. No, it wasn't that bad, but he's out for like three months. Okay. So it was it was a pretty bad injury, but not not super bad like that but but still enough to get subbed off and you're missing multiple months yep um ramsdale was really coming up clutch had yeah some he had amazing some saves. saves yeah nice fingertip saves keeps the lead and arsenal pick up the huge win 3-1 3-1 the tables have turned arsenal is now above tottenham tottenham was in first place arsenal was in last place and the things the times the times they're changing the times are changing. Arsenal's back on top, baby. I was going to make a reference to the Thursday night football game last night and how the Jaguars blew a 14-point lead like instantly, like that. Jags Nation, And that's, that's literally what just happened with Tottenham. They're top of the league, and then it's just gone. It's gone. It's done. Pause up. So with that game, anything to take away from Arsenal other than they should actually play with their pace? and utilize their ability to potentially facilitate the ball well and maybe create better chances that way rather than horseshoe all the time. How about this? Ramsdale has been underrated, even by me, I'll admit. Absolutely. I'll admit he's looked excellent so far this season. It's. I think it's just a matter of he actually cares. I don't think Burnley no cares. 
Yeah, for I sure. I think he's... You, you never really sensed that really outgoing passion for the club like Burnley. Or, you yeah, know, Burnley Burnley does know. have that. <laughs> That's why he's willing to leave in a free. But, but I mean... <laughs> No, yeah, I think Ramsdale, just by default, has to be better than Leno. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing is is that he looks sloppy at times with Sheffield and stuff, and it's like, oh, yeah, I don't think he's very good. That At least that's what I thought. But Arsenal does have a pretty solid defense that they can put in front of him, and that'll help. Yeah. He never really had a great defense where he, the places he's been. So Right, it's different when you're getting exposed all the time. You're more likely to look bad mm-hmm. sometimes. But also, thing I would say about Arsenal is it just feels different. Like, it feels like a fresh Arsenal team. Oh my, yeah. You got it. Let's hear it. You got it. <laughs> Let's hear it. I'm just saying, like, the vibe around Arsenal is a lot less toxic than it has been, especially in the in the past couple of seasons. You have these guys that are there, and they seem like they don't care. Like, obviously. A big offender of this Ozil, you know, and that cloud that brought over the club. And then you have Mustafi. um, Well, he just stunk. Willian. Okay, Willian, that was all Arsenal's fault. Chelsea literally gave him to Arsenal. Arsenal's like, yeah, we'll take him. And it's like, no, you don't want this man. But you you have such a toxic atmosphere and this, this hatred towards some of the players by the fans, you know. Now it seems like everyone is behind the team, really supports the team. You got these new guys coming in, great young players you're building up around. And, of course, this isn't a team that's going to win the league, but it looks to be trending in the I'm right gonna direction. I'm going to give you an outsider's perspective right here. You had a bunch of older, washed-up guys that were no good and, Absolutely. and had some ego mindset that they were still good. Compared to you have younger guys that are, even if they're marginally better, it's bound to just be a thousand times better than the situation with those guys. So, I mean, it's hard to disagree with your point because it was just trash with the other guys. But, yeah, we'll see with this young core what they're going to do. This was probably Sokka's best game, like, by far. He hasn't really done much since the Euros. Um, They kind of haven't had games where the game script has gone well in terms of what they need out of Sokka. Um, I thought man of the match for me was Odegaard. I thought he was phenomenal this game in creating chances. I got to say the Smith, he's my guy. I love he's, that guy. He's good. And I, Aaron Ramsdale. I think, I think Marty with the stuff he was doing and creating chances. Yeah. He created a lot more chances. It's just Smith Rowe's chances ended up in the back of the net. And I got to say, Ramsdale, I knew it was going to be a good sign when he was going absolutely nuts when we scored in the, the Carabao Cup. You're so That's hyped. Passion. You're so That's hyped passion. that they beat this sad, sad sack of a Tottenham of team. What is I Tottenham am. doing? Absolutely. Now? What are they doing going forward? They play Villa next. Nuno out by Christmas. I wouldn't be shocked. Then they got to find. Uh, if it goes bad enough, big Sam, I, big if, Sam to Tottenham. Oh my god. Uh, god. I wouldn't rule it out. I give a ten percent chance that it's Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. I think it. Could it's get going that down bad. fast. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, it's not going down fast. Crystal Palace and Brighton. I was gonna oh, say ooh. Palace. You know why? Because I don't think they're gonna end up going down. I hope not. 
Let's get into it. Final game of the match week. It was a big one. Crystal Palace coming in. Guaita, Joel Ward, Turk Mitchell, Gehi, Anderson, Milovojevic coming in on the midfield. Uh, MacArthur, Gallagher, Ayu, Saha, and Eduard making his start for Crystal Palace. Brighton, on the other hand, has Sanchez, Bobby Sanchez, Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy. My Sanchez. Bobby Sanchez. Isn't that what I said? No, you said it like that, so it's almost like Bond, James Bond. Uh, Sanchez. Bobby Bobby Sanchez. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy, my guy, Dan Byrne, uh, Luke. Cucurella. uh, Cucurella. Pascal Gross, Adam Lallana, Joel Velton. I'm cuckoo for Cucurella. Yes, I am too. No Basuma in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Big miss. Up front, front three, Neil Maupai, Leandro Trossard, and Lord Danny Welbeck. Yeah, right off the bat with Basuma gone, you can see it with Brighton, but the fact that they got this result without him is saying a lot. But we'll, we'll get into the game here real quick. It's, I wouldn't say open, but it, no no team was able to really establish themselves, so it was kind of a lot of feeling out early on. Yeah. Um, I would say Palace eventually kind of took hold of the game through mm-hmm. the first, like, 20, 25 minutes. Um, yeah. I thought that they did a good job of kind of stealing the ball from Brighton and pressing enough to where Brighton was kind of forced to just panic long ball at times. And eventually... Brighton kind of kept doing it, and it worked eventually for them on the long ball. But, uh, you know. Yeah, I think it, that that's an option that can work well for them, uh, given that left-hand side of Kukurea and Welbeck. It's kind of made for quick counterattacking play. Yeah. But, yeah, I was I was impressed by Palace. They looked pretty good. Uh, I liked Milovojevic in the midfield as opposed to um, Koyate. I think he's just a little bit better of a passer, um, better yep. for game I'd say just better ball winner too. Controlling but. the game, yeah. Um, but yeah, Brighton did have a chance down the left-hand side. Like I said, Welbeck threw on goal. Great ball from Bobby Sanchez, but mm-hmm. uh, can't convert there. Big yeah, I don't know. Did he like fan on it? Or what happened on that? Because I looked up and then saw it last second. I can't remember I was watching exactly this. what happened. I think he just... It was kind of right at him, too. It, I don't know. It wasn't a very good chance yeah. by Wilbeck. Um, but a big moment in the match. Penalty given. Charging in the box. Gallagher comes in. Trossard. What are you doing, it's, Trossard? Why it's are you a meeting of there? my two guys going right <laughs> at each other. Um, yeah, Gallagher, so quick. So mm-hmm. quick in those spaces and Trossard, I don't know what he was doing. I don't even know what he's doing back there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I was like, why, why is Trossard this far back? Zaha on the pen. The Wilf slots it to the left. Easy. Perfect pen. Easy as One nil like. right before half. Um, Your guy Jordan Ayew, who kind of had an all right game, but then just completely threw that away by having a clear-cut chance and just... Just, so bad. Yeah, just. So bad. So bad. Just had it. So bad. I can't put it in the words. Very bad. Um, Palace trying to hold on for the win, but Brighton. Yeah, Palace's defense this game looks so good in terms of they gave up chances, but, I mean, they rely on Guaita to do his stuff, and he is 
pretty good this game, I thought, in the few times they relied on him. And, you know, Anderson and Gary, he kind of had their moments where they're playing pretty well. But it was just a weird ball that kind of ended up yeah. with Brighton. And then just a perfect dink over the top to Mopai, and he's in. Yeah, he's in and a perfect chip. That's a tough one to give up after you've been holding strong uh, throughout that second half. Mm-hmm. So close to picking out a, a big three points against Brighton, who have been really good so far this season. But Brighton, they... Undone by the master class, Joel Veltman. Joel Veltman. Um, <laughs> and then Neil Maupay, of course, having to banter away oh after scoring. The Brighton fans are really into it. They were. They were like freaking going crazy. They storm in the field almost. Yeah. They're like someone's going to get trampled. But Pretty much. Brighton, get a point. Yeah, you got to say they'd be happy with it after being down 1-0 so late. No Basuma as well. Yeah, I, I, I still like this game from both sides. Yeah. The one thing you can say is Basuma not in there, able to still get a result for Brighton. That's good. As far as Palace goes, you might feel a little hard done, but... I think this, you'd look at the performance and say, well, we played pretty well defensively pretty much the whole game. We just had one lapse at the end and a couple during the game, but the other team didn't take their chance, so maybe it evened out. But uh, mm-hmm. they look good, especially attacking on the left this game. I thought Palace was really dangerous. Gallagher's just top five player to watch this year in the Premier League. Yeah. No doubt. Yep, he was very impressive again. Um, But no, that's the week. Week six. In the books. Now we got a little uh, week seven action. Week seven action starts off Man U, Everton, at Old Trafford. Cheeky Everton, Solomon Rondon, Hattrick. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm not predicting Everton. <laughs> what are you looking for in this game? Uh, I guess just Man U. They should be able to win this one fairly easily. Uh, but, you know, Everton will sit back, maybe hit on the counter through Gray or Townsend. Mm-hmm. You never know. Could could maybe grab a goal. But I would expect Man U to probably win 3-0. 3-0? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going to go 2-0 United on this one. I'm, I'm mainly going to be watching... United, in terms of chance taking, if they work it a little more, try and go, even if, you know, because you don't want to be just perfectionist and you got to walk the ball into the net, but you can't just be taking shots from the edge of the box when you have this many quality players all the time. Yeah. So. Um, Next one's a real peach of a game. Yeah, Burnley, Burnley versus Norwich. Norwich. I think with this game, Norwich obviously going to be able to establish their build-up play. Um, kind of going in to Burnley's defense, which not not the sharpest right now, but we saw Burnley's little counterattack action against Leicester. Maybe they're able to repeat that. I'm going to go with Burnley, first win of the year, 1-0. I'm going to say 2-1 Burnley. Um, yeah, I think Burnley, it'll be good enough. I don't think it'll be amazing, but good enough to beat Norwich. Chelsea Southampton, the next one. Chelsea after loss to Man City, midweek loss in the Champions League to Juventus at Juventus. Southampton, you're in you're in a world of pain. 
you are in a world of pain. This is going to be 4 0 Chelsea. I don't have anything to watch other than the Lukaku brace, at least. I'm going to say 2 0 Chelsea, but it'll probably be pretty easy. Leeds Watford. What are we looking at in this one? Well, I guess we'll have to see Leeds. Do they get any players back? Or are they still pretty thin? Watford, can they keep up the attacking prowess that they had in the last match without being too exposed to Leeds? I think this one will end up... I'm going to go 2-0 Leeds. I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking a Rafinha goal and assist in this one. Um, Wolves Newcastle. This will be this will be one I'm watching. Yeah, this one should be good. Probably not too much defense in this one, but I guess we'll see. Do Newcastle pull out the back five again for it's this? It's the one? battle of a uh, the Castore kit manufacturer. <laughs> yes, true. I did not think of that one. Yeah, I think they got to go back to the back five for this one. As far as Wolves, going to be kind of looking to break them down on the wide uh, areas as usual. I think they might have some success with that. I'm going to go with a 2-0 Wolves. I'm going to say 1-1. A lot of draws draws this week. Yeah, a lot of draws. Brighton Arsenal at the Amex. Streaking Arsenal. The always succulent Brighton football. <laughs> <laughs> Just a juicy seagull. Yep. Um, what are we looking at? I think this is a good test for Arsenal to see kind of where they're really at. You know, Tot- if I knew, Tottenham looked pretty poor last week. If I knew that Arsenal are going to play quick and be open to counterattack football in terms of open as an they're playing counterattack football, not like they're susceptible to it. I would probably go Arsenal 2 0, but I'm going to go with a 0 0. You know, Neil Malpai is going to score in this one. I'm going to say 2 1 Arsenal. All right. Palace Leicester. Palace Leicester. I think Palace is going to win this one. It almost feels too obvious. Yeah, it does, which is concerning because at some point Leicester has to start winning games. You would think. Um, Edward and Zaha against that Leicester defense. And Gallagher, yeah. I'm going to go 2-1 Palace. I'm going to say... Two-one as well to Palace, yeah. I like that. Tottenham, Villa... This one, this one could could be, could be uh, pretty rough, I think, for Tottenham. Yeah, you know, I wonder if Tottenham just goes back to sitting back, and they're like, "Okay, Villa, break us down." Well, they 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 really should bring Oliver Skip back into the midfield. <laughs> I think. I mean, it's it's not the most inspiring thing, but you should probably just quote that. Uh, yeah. Quote that and put it on your wall. Telly Alley and Indombele. That's that, more insulting that, that's than a, you could say anything about like Arsenal beating Tottenham so many times, how happy you are. You genuinely saying that they should bring Oliver Skip in, and you're not wrong. Deli Alley and Indombele is like the most cursed midfield pairing that there's ever been in the history of the Premier League. Like I can't think of one that, that could possibly be worse. 
there's too much going wrong here for me to not think Villa's going to get a 2-0 right here. I think it'll be easy 3-0. I think the counterattack Villa plays is just going to blow See, I, through Spurs. I don't know. I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to change it 2-1 Villa. Who's going to score for Tottenham? Son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who, Who else? else? Who else? Uh, West Ham, Brentford, this one. Savory. This one. Could be another uh, 3-3. Yeah, I kind of want to see... Uh, I kind of want to see Brentford's defense kind of, you know, reel it in after that 3-3-3 three, three, three action. Um, yeah. I want to see... You know, because West Ham's not going to be easy. Managing against Mikel Antonio and Ben Rahm and stuff, mm-hmm. the revenge game. Yeah. I'm going to say this one is a 2-2 special. I'm going to say 3-2 West Ham. Wow. Yes. Liverpool, Man City, the big one. What are you looking for in this? Are we thinking which version of Man City are we watching? I think <laughs> we're gonna. I think we're gonna get the slightly worse than the Chelsea game, City, but it's gonna be better than what we've seen from City other games this year. I think they'll still be on their form. I think four one. Four one. Yeah. I was gonna go with a two nil action. I think they're just gonna do the same thing in terms of shutting up shop, where they just suffocate. Chelsea, they they didn't even care in that Chelsea game about like cons- or, uh, scoring in the first half. It just felt more like we're gonna demoralize you, and then it's just a matter of us getting a goal. Yeah. Before we get to Sam's big prediction, we are cutting it back to match week six for my team of the week. Are you ready? Yes. Jose saw. Hit six saves. And kept a clean sheet. Who else would you put? Ramsdale. You thought Tottenham was going to score more than one time? There were a few. I had no faith in Tottenham scoring. I had more faith in Southampton scoring. Really I had no saves. faith. I had no faith in Tottenham ever scoring other than when Son had the ball on his foot. Uh Alexander Arnold, Mings, Diaz, Veltman solely for the fact that he had a perfect dime of an assist and rescued his team Saka Rodri who might have just been the player of the week Ducore Odegaard Vardy even though we had Ongol and Mikel Antonio for the winner I'm just ready for Ramsdale to now face like Man U and for Arsenal to just be put Wayne. in the grave Massive let's hear dub. it let's hear it what's the prediction Jack Grealish scores a brace. Good night. Wow. That is all for the Premiership Perusal Podcast. We'll see you next week. Next week. Outro music. <laughs>